gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling Art with Chris Things. Wrestling art with Chris things. I, I don't know why I did that really quiet thing. I guess I was listening to a little bit of uh, NPR today. Um, but alas, this is not NPR. This is Wrestling Art with Chris Things. I'm Chris Things, your host this week and every week, and, and I'm uh, stoked to have you on board again. Uh, this is episode five uh, of our, our podcast here. This is our weekly match of the week edition where we... Uh, what I've done is, uh, you know, pick my favourite match that happened or that I happened to watch that week. Um, I liked it enough that I made an art of it and then I decided I'd get all excited and I want to talk about it. So that's what this is. Uh, so there's this week's match of the week is a, a great one that I was very stoked about. And, uh, CMLL in Arena Mexico from January of this year. Now, that being our, our first ever CMLL Lucha Libre edition, uh, I, I thought, I should probably have someone on the show, you know, who was uh, equipped to talk about such a thing. And there is a gentleman out there who I may have on the line who I spent many a night in the day drinking some fancy beers, smoking some, some sometimes fancy bud, and, and watching some, some bloody great Mexican wrestling with and just having some of the best, best times of my life. Uh, but without further ado, welcome to the show, my my bloody best mate in the whole wide world, David. Thanks for having me, Chris. I was I was actually wondering whether or not we were going to mention the whole weed and drinking beers thing, but I'm glad to know we can get that that cat's out of the bag quickly. Yeah, I feel like it would. Um, you you need to give like a a proper kind of um. You know, insight into into the life, and you can't do that if you're making this big secret of weed and beer. You know, no, you got to get that in there. You got to enjoy some of life's simple pleasures. I think, as well as the nothing wrestling. wrong with that. As well as the wrestling, we've had very a lot of nights just coming over and watching wrestling and falling asleep on the couch watching it. So I feel like it's one of our very great loves, and yeah, great bonding points. Absolutely, man. If we counted the amount of uh, hours that we've watched wrestling together over the years, that'd, that'd be a lot of hours. Yeah, it'd be at least four. <laughs> Maybe a wee bit more, I don't know. But at least four. At least four. Yeah. I mean, most of the time it's it's Noah, I'd say, generally speaking, but I, you know, I think a good amount of CMLL too. And um, I I worked out you were like the only person that I know, other than like Ben a little bit, but who like knows a little bit about CMLL and we can like have a chat ski about it, you know? Yeah, yeah, that'd be really good. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you come. I'm glad you come my way so we can have a chat about it because it was really good. So I know you because you sent through the. Uh, Sent her the message asking if you'd want to look at the, the, the match, but I watched a couple of other. I've been running around like a chicken with my head cut off this week, but I watched a couple of the other matches. Oh, yeah, on the same show. I was a bit behind. Yeah, I was a bit behind on CMLL. 
But yeah, I watched a couple of other ones. The um, Sandra will bite my head off if I get the word wrong, but essentially the Australian Relay, uh, Relevanos or something, Australianos. Oh yeah, the Australian Relay Tag Rules match, which is really good. Did you know that the uh, Australian Relevanos? I'm failing already, but the Australian Rules Tag yeah. Team thing. I uh, yeah. I found. Do you know that's just like all tag team rules in Mexico? They're all called Australianos. Yeah, it was literally because it was like it, they just wanted to put an exotic name to it, isn't it? And they thought Australia. Yeah, that's exotic. Well, that's what I thought for a long time, but I was doing some some research, and I think it's because of a, a very famous Australian wrestling tag team, the uh, the Fabulous Kangaroos. I. Don't think I've ever heard of them before in my entire life. <laughs> really? No, please fill me in. Dog, they were like honestly one of the most like famous like tag teams of all time that set up a lot of kind of the the tropes. It was like a heel tag team yeah. that we kind of know now for like tag team wrestling of like the matching gear, the kind of like double teaming shit, the like heel stuff. Like uh Al Al Costello and Roy Heffernan, I believe, were the first two, but there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they started it all. Costello, that was fucking ages ago, though. Hey. Jesus. I know Costello, but that was ages ago. Yeah, I think, like, the, the 50s was maybe when they when they started, but their heyday was kind of the 60s and 70s, I think. But, um, yeah, rad, like, team, and they had a fucking boomerang as their foreign object dude and they just played up this like whole ass like pro australian guys and all the americans and mexicans sucked oh yeah jesus well here you go the more you know yeah so i guess they were popular in mexico at a time and they um they that's the reason why it's it's always called australian tag team rules by the sounds of it yeah because i was talking to yeah, Sandra last night about it to Spanish as well. She was just like, oh, it's a relay. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, rules are regardless of something. But, like, yeah, the actual word means relay. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool. Oh, that's very fun. I mean, I guess in a sense a tag team match is a relay, right? Yeah, like you're tagging in, the next person takes over. Like, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, go on. But yeah, so I watched, watched uh, long story short, I did watch a couple of other like matches on the show as well. I figured I'd treat myself. Yeah, there was some lovely stuff there. There was a bit of Mephisto in there. There was some, um, uh, there was Blue Panther. Oh, my personal favourite luchador of all time, Blue Panther. Blue Panther, was so funny. Such great, like, facial expressions. He's like, oh, I know he's an old guy. He's been demasked, but fuck, he can still go. Like, Oh, man. Just... Everything he was doing, all the tropes in his match. When he went to do his, um, uh, popped him up. They did the, the knuckle lock, popped him up, going for the monkey flip. And then he just stands there <laughs> and he's like holding the back of his knees. So the other guy's holding the back of Blue Panther's knees. And just the way he looks around the audience, and you can see like the sheer excitement of people just being able to be entertained by this like luchador legend. I think was just so funny. It's just the best thing in the world. I mean, the thing I love the most about it is the way he plays it up as well. Like as like a aging middle-aged Mexican man, yeah. like he sort of has this great bit where he'll like pull off this crazy shit, whether he's doing like a sweet tope or like his um, like tilt world backbreakers or whatever. And like he'll sell on his face. Like he's fucking stoked and surprised as shit that he's actually pulled it off. Yeah. He's just like, I still got it. <laughs> like he can't believe it though, but he's like, yeah, I can, I can still fucking do it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I just I absolutely love it. He's um he's great. I, I, that's that's one thing I really like about the Australian relay is it lets these guys that have like obviously not doing the big dives anymore, you know. But they still really get to shine with like the entertainment side of it. Yeah, and it's like all on how good the Rudos are as well. Yeah, like the dudes that they're working with, especially when you got guys that are fucking as great as like Ultima Guerrero or like Averno or Hechicero or any yeah. of these dudes. But yeah, it's just a treat. Yeah, because Hechicero was in the match as well. He's so good. Just such a fucking master. Yeah, so amazing. And then yeah, Euphoria. Oh yeah, he's so great, man. Yeah, another one of these like unsung dudes that people don't like hear as much about, but like. Like you watch him and you're just like, this motherfucker makes everyone look so damn good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just goes. Yeah, I just really appreciate the Rudos when it comes to that kind of stuff. And like, you know, Rudos obviously making the Technicos look good. Technicos obviously putting over the Rudos when they do something dastardly or, you know, um, underhanded, come out on top. I just, I, I love the, I just love the flow of, Lucha Libre. I think it's just such a nice, entertaining kind of show to watch as well. Absolutely. Like you don't, you obviously don't have all the huge battles like in Japanese wrestling. Like when we watch Noah, I feel like they're two very far ends of the same stick. But at the end of the day, you're being entertained, mm. and it's that's the point of it. Yeah, for sure. You got the colors, you got the artistry, you've got the tail of the tape coming into it. Um, you've got the lovely ladies on the entrance ramp who are dancing for us. Well, have you noticed that of late? They've um their outfits have gotten a bit more subdued than the early days when we used to watch CMLL. Hey Chris, I definitely have, but I was I wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say a bit more a bit more respectful. But yeah, I think yeah, I did notice when I was just like, Oh wow, they must be quite cold in Mexico tonight, they're all coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Side of the time, say so I'm, I'm not. I'm not making any any statements here, but like yeah. whatever they want to wear, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I'm about it. You know. <laughs> but no, it was um, there was some amazing matches on the card. Really, really had fun watching it. Um, yeah, 89 years of CMLL. Fuck, dude. It's a they. This was a show from January, so they're they're up past the the, the official 90 mark now. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like, that's crazy. Our show can just be so, like, successful for so long. Like, obviously, it had some dark years. I love it. I think the key, yeah, they've had some ups and downs, uh, but I think the key is that, uh, you know, they own their buildings. I think that probably helps a lot, the fact that they actually own yeah, Arena Mexico, helped. Arena Coliseo, yeah. uh, Arena Coliseo, Guadalajara, I think. Um, the uh, I can't remember the other one, but yeah, that's that's obviously a big uh, big help there. Yeah, but yeah, I I really dig the simplicity of um of lucha. Like I watch a lot of wrestling, you know. We watch like Noah or um you know all sorts of different shit, all Japan. Um, but then watching lucha is just and like CML specifically, it's just kind of like a breath of fresh air sometimes. And I think it's cause of like the simplicity, like you're saying, like the Rudos are like being these roughhouse assholes, yeah. the Technicos are doing all this rad shit. And also like the thing that I love the most about it is the crowd, right? Have you like got much of a sense of like the, the kind of like crowd of Arena Mexico? Oh, I love it. Just watching, just you're seeing them get so 
animated as well. And there's always like, I don't know whether they're related or there's always just a family that's in the front row with this old guy that's slightly overweight. <laughs> that's always overreacting. And he's always, he's always gesturing at the ref as if the ref's going to take his point on board. And he's always just like, he shakes his hands and he's like, come on, come on, count, 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 count. And he's just like, and he goes, what? So uh, at one point through the, uh, so sorry to skip ahead to like the Voldador and um, Romero match. No, no, please. That's what we're here to talk about. But at one point during the Romero match, when Romero put his feet up on the, uh, put his feet up on the ropes, you can see him in the background stand up and get animated. He's like, come on, he's teeny. Um, but, oh, it's, it's so funny. Like, I adore that this guy kind of feels like he's um, personally offended that the referee isn't taking on board his personal critique. Yeah, it's like, it's like going backstage. Oh, it's like going back into the kitchen of a restaurant and say, hey, you should use more garlic. And the chef's all suddenly going, <laughs> yeah, let's put more garlic in. Let's take on like all of these recipes. We might have just gotten one slightly wrong, but you know what? Let's take your opinion on board. But I love him. Yeah, I love for sure. Him. I love him. Customers are always right, my friend. That's it. That's it. Repeat customers. That's where it's at. That's where the money is, especially for a place as big as these arenas that they run. Lovely, lovely, lovely luchador wrestling out of. Sorry, I have also just worked now. So. No, you're doing well, man. You're doing well. Do you know Arena Mexico actually has its own um, restaurant that they built in the last few years where you can, like, sit in this restaurant. They'll bring you food, bring you your drinks, and you're, like, mm. sitting there on the second level, like, actually just getting to watch, like, live wrestling in front of you. Isn't that just the dream? Mate, I absolutely – I have to go. I have to go. I think. I think if I went, I would be – quite selfish with it and i think i would have a couple of days where i'd have to take myself to some wrestling or we'd have to take ourselves to some wrestling absolutely God. dude has always been on my bucket list like of all of the rad wrestling venues i've been to like arena mexico is the fucking one i can't wait i'd love to go there for like a big <laughs> anniversary show or some shit yeah i'd have to do a couple i'd have to do arena mexico coliseo as well it'd be a bit of tra- travel involved but shit it'd be worth it's it it's a way to do it yeah I think they do they do such a great job with the um the crowd too. Like so what I was mentioning before is like so they got a bit of a, a unique breakup of the crowd. So you got you kinda like hardcore CMLL regulars and that's probably like the kind of dudes that you were talking about, like in those those first few rows. They're just there every fucking week. It's just like that's that's their life. They have season holder tickets or whatever. So you got your like hardcores, but then also just interspliced with like all these tourists. And especially like some American tourists, you see them every week and they're always drunk off their fucking tits, dude. Like, I love it so much. They have no idea what the fuck wrestling even is, but they're just <laughs> enjoying it so fucking much. <laughs> oh, fuck, I love that so much. But that's, that's yeah. what I find so lovely about wrestling is you can just like, you don't have to know the whole backstory to these things. They're so like especially in lucha libre it's so obvious who the big names are and who the guys are like the up and comers because you can just watch either the rest of the audience or like how how they build the cards throughout the night um i suppose the same with like a lot of wrestling here you have like the small names on first and then it comes to the bigger names and the championship matches later in the night but it's also got to do with like 
the like I, I suppose it helps yeah because they own the arena so everything in it is geared towards the wrestlers so like the lighting effects the sounds the noises yeah or again watching all the the rest of the audience go off and then you can always again have like a local sitting next to you that will tell you like what's going on oh dude for sure i mean that's one of the magical things about lucha libre specifically like i remember talking to um my buddy john who would like go down to tijuana and like catch a lot of the crash shows mm. and he would say like his favorite part was he'd sit there and he'd have these like fucking lucha libre grannies that you just happen to be sitting next to yeah. and they would just school him up on like tell him everything that was going on give him like fucking beers and share their treats with him or whatever yeah. i had the same thing when i went to like dragon gate in um in kyoto one time maybe kobe i can't remember but yeah this like delightful little like old japanese granny who was just there and like so happy to talk to me about like dragon gate and share a little treats with me like that's just that's what wrestling is. It's perfect. Yeah. Well, it's like, I think it's so funny because you watch, you know, if ever you watch, um, which we probably don't watch a lot of, but whenever you watch like WWE, mm. you see kids in the in the crowd wearing like Rey Mysterio masks, and you go, oh, that's really nice, like you know, people. But then you watch like CMLL, and there's like adults in the crowd wearing Templario masks. Yeah. They're wearing Dragon Rojo Junior. You know, you see them. Um, you know, I saw a couple of kids. Um, uh, Cabernario, um, oh god, my brain's a mess. Cabernario, yeah, yeah, Cabernario, El Barbaro, caveman dude, yeah, El Barbaro, that was what I was thinking. Um, you saw kids in the uh, audience waving these little bones, <laughs> and I just thought it was so funny because you're getting this mix of like usually you just see like the kids with the tropes and all that kind of stuff, and usually you see the the adults or the marks in the audience wearing like a smart shirt, like a shirt with some smart phrase on it or something. But here you're seeing like adults get involved in it too. Adults wearing the mask, adults like waving the kind of waving the wrestlers iconography and it's in the air. It's just delightful. I just think it's, I just think it's so good that it extends like a whole life. Route. It's just a true melding of all, all areas of, of different ages. Everyone just getting into it and enjoying it together. Yeah. All the adults just being so fucking drunk on margaritas and beer. I love it. You can see like, it's so funny when they, again, they pan to the audience and you just see the sheer amount of people that just like raise their beers when they're on, like, they realise they're on camera or they shake their beers and everyone gets a little wet. You know, that's always a bit fun. Nothing wrong with that. But no, nothing wrong with that. Like, I, I love it. I think it's hilarious. Oh, dude, on the note of the margaritas, I had I had something so weird that um I learned recently. So my brother's girlfriend is um Mexican, you know, toughness. Yeah. Um, and so uh, sometimes we'll like talk about, but she doesn't know that much about like, lucha libre specifically but just you know it knows enough like from uh the you know heritage like whole cultural side of it and um i was telling her about how rad it is like everyone's there with these margaritas and then she's like oh they must be the tourists because like m actual mexicans wouldn't wouldn't be drinking margaritas and i was like what that blew my mind what no, don't yeah. tell me that. That's, I suppose that's like finding out, like every time I come here and people find out, or I go to a bar here, people find out I'm Australian after I open my mouth and order a single beer. They're like, oh, you sure you wouldn't want to foster us? And I was like, no. <laughs> this is export only. It's only for the tourists. Oh. oh man, Australians and their bloody love for Fosters. I know. So what? They don't drink the margaritas. Yeah, wow. Is there something? 
Is there something they don't they know that we don't? I don't know. I need to find out more. Maybe they're just like they're they're quite expensive, like at, at like especially like a Mexican wrestling show. So they like jack up the prices for the margaritas. So they're like three times they would normally be where you know locals would get their margaritas elsewhere. So that's why they just drink um, beers. I don't know. I have to I have to do some investigationing on this. Yes, investigationate. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, I'll do my best. But yes. um, so the match, the match in question that uh, yes. actually, you know, let's let's rewind a little bit before we get on to the match. You know, I want to give a little bit of background mm-hmm. about. So I said how we used to, you know, watch watch Mexican wrestling together. Mm. But in case people didn't know, this fellow that is on the line right now, David, he used to wrestle under a mask himself. So this gives like a special amount of insight to the Lucha Libre, I would say. Uh, one one half of the Underwater Alliance from back in the day, <laughs> Koi Bombora, for those for those who are not um, clued in. But uh, so, I mean, you so used to wrestle in Brisbane. Um, yes. Yeah. Quite a while. How many years all up? My God. Um, there was a good gap in the middle there. And I was having quite a lot of problems with my spine, but I think I think I started in 2010, the year. So our my last year of school, very last year of school, a friend of mine, Kelso Cajones, um, took me to a backyard where someone had a wrestling ring set up, and he goes, "Did you want to learn how to be a professional wrestler?" And Kelso at this point is the same age as me, but he'd be already been wrestling for four or five years how does that, that work point? these like so he's like wrestling at the age of 14 okay, ipw <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, um but yeah so and then kelso's i don't know kelso for me has always had one of the most entertaining minds in professional wrestling he's he understands that people just want to be entertained there's no need to overcomplicate it um give people like a great character and great give them like give them something to talk about, not just inside the ring, but like the character work outside of it. And, um, yeah, he kind of just made that like a really important aspect. And when he first started teaching us, you know, when you're learning like the basic holds and then how to move around a ring and all that kind of stuff. And then one thing that really took me was, um, uh, masks and stuff in wrestling. So people wearing masks, people wearing, you know, um, cause you see a lot of people in like black tights and, you know, really serious, like, look at me wrestlers, look how much I can beat other people up wrestlers, which I love in a certain aspect of wrestling, but I also kind of miss like the flair that's in it. So that really drew me to like that, um, that side of wrestling, like the Lucha Libre side of wrestling and then the movement around the ring, like the athleticism. I thought it was all just really cool. But yeah. So probably, yeah. About 10 years ago, I'd say. That's awesome. About 10 years ago, I started wrestling properly. Um, but yeah, I started training in 2010. And then more recently, after the um, moving on from your your uh, underwater fish-masked character, Koi Bombora, yes. you yes. took took on another um, character where, uh, I mean, was there a point where you guys went to jail as as fishmen, and then you found uh, Kelso Cajones, otherwise known as Cockroach, uh, in the local Wakehall prison, and then you guys came out hardened um, criminals as Wakehall's most wanted, as your new guys of Skinny D. Yeah, yeah, 
so yeah, that was a real, that was a tough couple of years in prison. <laughs> like the thing, the shit you see, you know, I was walking around everywhere with a sharpened bar of soap. Um, yeah, it gets a little slick in the showers, but that's okay. The, um, yeah, so he came back out as a uh, skinny D and the cockroach, which was fun again. And again, like that's, uh, as much fun as I had with it and Kelsey had with it and we had plenty fun planning the matches. This is all like, um, cockroaches or Mr. Kelso Cajoni's um, kind of brain at work here, just going like, you know, there's a lot of serious people about or people who want to be great wrestlers. And honestly, you watch wrestling in Brisbane at the moment and it's coming so true. Like you've got these um, got other guys that are doing so well that are traveling around at the moment, um, doing lots of things. But we just wanted to be like a fun little entertainment bit and then just really like kick it into fifth gear. Like what would two scrappy little criminals who are trying to make their way in the world, um, you know, you know, there's a lot of people who want to win gold so they can be champions. There's one, a lot of people who want to win gold so they can be immortalized. They want the paycheck. We just wanted the gold so we could sell it at cost convert, like, you know, cash converters <laughs> to be able to get some money to pay for our next meal. <laughs> like that was, we, I love it we were so never much. in two minutes about it. We were never in two minds about it. It was win the gold, sell the gold, get a succulent Chinese meal. <laughs> so, so iconically Australian right there. I, I love that gimmick so much, dude. Like, I always put it over. I feel like it was such a great thing. Like, when you see something that, like, again, we're getting back to these kind of, like, wrestling fans that aren't, like, hardcore wrestling fans. People wouldn't even, you wouldn't even call them wrestling fans, you know? They're just seeing this thing and they're like, hmm. what the fuck is this wrestling deal? And they see, like, two dudes in, like, orange jumpsuits who are just, like, these weird, creepy, like, criminals, and they get it immediately, and it's fucking great. Like, yeah. one of the last times I um I saw you guys wrestle before you, you end up, you know, live in the uh, UK, mm. before you uh, left, one of the last times I saw you guys wrestle was at, a, like, it was a music festival. Um, so most mm. of the people watching this, again, they don't even really know. They're like, what the fuck is this, like, thing? There's, like, a ring here, and then they're watching it. And there were so many characters on that show they, like, were just confused by or they just kind of, like, respond with kind of, like, apathy. Mm. You guys were easily the most over thing on that show because, like, the gimmick was, like, so instantly like you see it you get it and like you did such a great job with the comedy and everything element of it um yeah i can't put it over enough man it was great great act and i uh i hope to see uh you know maybe more of it in the future oh, i would love to do more of the future that was you know i i, I, I that, i've never had so much fun wrestling than i did with kelso or the cockroach <laughs> he's um he's so fun to work with he's so open to new ideas trying new things and honestly he is unkillable as a cockroach he will do it <laughs> he's fallen off so many things in his life but just i think i don't know whether it's australians just loving criminals but yeah people saw the orange jumpsuits and they just saw that it was a bit different it wasn't as clean cut as the rest of other people's like skin tight gear it was a bit baggier we're both like you know kelso's in a bit better shape but like we're you know we're not built like wrestlers, but just built like a couple of dudes who did just spend some time in prison and just kind of wasted away there. But, um, oh yeah, I think people saw it and people loved it. And also being able to wave shirts and people in front of people's friend, like faces and say, like, if you buy this shirt, you're supporting local crime. <laughs> um, and they would. And I was, I was very, very proud to have designed said shirt. That was, that's one of my Mate, finest that moments. Design, 
is absolutely amazing. Everyone, the shirts that are printed on, people come back to us later and say, like, I can't, I can't even mention the number of times I've had people go, like, does this guy do more of this? Like, who designed it? And it's easy. You just pass them on to Chris things. Aww. And they look through your artwork. They look through it. I've, I've given – so even here in the UK, the guy who runs the local Warhammer store has – uh, how's a Wakehold's worst, most wanted shirt? Uh, and you'll see him, you'll walk in there every Thursday and you'll see him wearing it. It's absolutely lovely. Oh, beautiful. He absolutely loves it. He loves the design. Um, and it's, I, I, it ties it all back to you as well, mate. Like the, your style of art is, I feel is like, to me, it's the most captivating. There's always fun things to find in it. It's not always obvious. Like you look at the like the Wakehold's most wanted thing. I think is like such a great piece of art because so many people look at it for ages and they're just like, oh, there's two dudes. Oh, there's two dudes punching guy in the head. Oh, that guy's eyes are coming out of his head. Why is there a burning? Why is there a burning camera? Here? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, there's just so much stuff. And then like you look at the facial expressions, and then when you marry it up with the photo that it's actually taken from. Um, and you see how you've like caricatured them in your own way, in your own art style. It just makes it so much more lovely. Like I, I love the amount of effort that you put into your art, Chris. Yeah, and, oh, thanks, man. You know, especially, especially that piece. Cause that was like, you know, you, you did it for us, but there's so many other bits of art that you've done that are like amazing non-wrestling related art as well. Like, <laughs> uh, the pieces that like the Christmas presents. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Christmas commissions. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas commission conundrum. Yeah. That one. So great. That was lovely. That was actually delightful. I will, I will, um, uh, explain to our listeners. So, um, completely separately, David and his partner, Sandra approached me for Christmas present commission for each other. So, um, I, I did, it was, a um, a shirt for Sandra of like a reference of you guys as kind of thing together. Mm. And then for you, I did, a, a um, art print, uh, of like a, a picture of, of, um, Sandra from when you guys were in, was it, uh, was it Western Australia? Uh, we were in Kakadu. We were in Northern Territory. We're going for a few hikes through Northern Territory there. Yeah, Kakadu. Beautiful area. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, incredible looking photos you guys took. But yeah, so this lovely one of um of Sandra out looking this beautiful vista. And then you had like the best commission idea of could you do like our cats as like giant cats that are just did you have the idea that they're like destroying the place or that they're shooting lasers out of their eyes, burning the things, or was that sort of a burning the landscape? Yeah. Um yeah, well, I, I just saw a Godzilla poster of, like, him firing out a laser beam. And I thought, Jesus, that's so funny. Like, just, like, Godzilla destroying the city. It's like, who would want to go watch a movie about a lizard that's just crushing Tokyo? You know who would? Me. Mm. Everyone, Chris. Of course. Everyone would want to see that. Everyone movie. should love kaiju. Why not? Woman goes on hike and discovers two enormous, like, two kaiju, like, kaiju-lithic cats firing laser beams <laughs> one at the forest and then one at the other's eyes <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah so completely separately we'd approached you and then you were so sneaky about it <laughs> i don't want to spoil the surprise uh, oh mate i we could not stop laughing we absolutely could not stop laughing when we handed each other the gifts and opened them <laughs> 
Because the best thing was we actually, so as we were giving gifts at Christmas, she actually handed me the shirt and she was smiling like so broadly and she was like trying to chuckle under her breath. And I was just like, oh, I've got a present for you too. And I'd like gave her that. And we opened them at the same time and looked at them at the same time. And I was just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so funny. Um, but yeah, like, it, you know, even though it's, you've got the same art style that goes through all of your works or you're not you're not exactly the same but you know you have your flair yeah i try to try to make it sort of distinctive recognizable but it's like it just it hits so many different parts it hits so many p- different parts of your life like you can have commission pieces that just look so nice as well as like your wrestling pieces and then one piece you've done is the rocky romero and volador jr piece oh this is true you're bringing it all back yes yeah, so you're an experienced podcaster over here mate i've done that i'm giving you i'm giving you all all the words here <laughs> no. um but yeah so like yeah you've got your wrestling pieces and then this is the match of the week it is um so i love it so this is this piece should we talk about sure i think we've had We've had a good um a good sidebar here to like and now we, we, we bring it back. We're back to current time. It's almost like we've got a like a pulp fiction kind of movie where we like you know, you have a throwback, you have a side scene, not necessarily in chronological order here. We keep it interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so now we're we're up to the, the match. This this match took place on uh January twentieth of, of this year in Mexico City, Arena Mexico. Um a little bit of uh, of of so it's Rocky Romero challenging for the um the championship of, of Volador Junior was was set up the the prior week where they had this little impromptu match mm-hmm. and, and then Rocky uh won and so now he's challenging for the the title um and then this is the 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 big uh, the big match and man I fucking loved it it was so great I think it was it was so great like it had a different it had a different pace to every other thing that happened on the on the night there was a bit more like there was a bit more cheek in it there's rocky romero which like threw some slaps they did like hug against the ropes and then like you know rocky gave him like a little couple of pats on the cheek really trying to antagonize volador jr like there was there was so much in it that wasn't throughout the rest of the card and i think it's like it's down to rocky himself like i'll, I'll always love rocky as a wrestler but I just think the the sheer amount of cheek and sass that he puts into it, dude. And I think that's what that's what like connected it to like we're talking about these kind of casual fans, right? I think the reason why like they they got so invested in it, especially by the end, yeah. That like um, and I think it's all because of that kind of stuff. Because it was a bit early on where like Rocky goes for like a handshake, like a you know a fuck you kind of like shit eating handshake kind of deal, and um, Volador mm. Junior's like no. So then he gets him against the ropes. And gives him this like big like over the top fake like hug. Yeah, like, you can notice in that moment the crowd's like, "Oh, you fucking asshole!" And <laughs> then it was just like off from there. Yeah, but there was like so much, so much cheek and so much sass. Like even in their chain wrestling, when Rocky's just like, he'll, you know, he'll just like quickly reverse stuff and then he'll get up and he'll be a bit of a dick about it. And it got in Volador Junior's face. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, there was another bit. Uh, right before the match where he's taking like they've just done the entrances and he does the little shimmy goes all the way up to volador and shimmies like right in front of him 
And then Volodir just turns the other way. He's just like, look at this guy. Like, look at this guy being an absolute, like, cheeky monkey. I don't want anything to do with this. Why are you in the ring with me? Um, but it's so good. But then, yeah, just how he's adding, uh, how he turns, like, just the way, like, uh, Romero turns to the audience in between his moves, in between the spots, and then just lets the audience know that he's here, like, you know, he's here for money, he's here for the paycheck, he's here to be the big name, like, look at me, gives his little shimmy, oh, I love it. And he, like, gets that crowd so much, because, like, Rocky spent yeah. yonks in CMLL back in the day, like, back um, <laughs> back in the day in the early 2000s when I first ever started watching CMLL, mm. it was, like, Rocky, uh, Ricky Reyes, um, TJP, I think they were the the Havana brothers mm. back in the day in the early 2000s. And then Rocky went on to, he did like a mask gimmick in CMLL. Then he eventually like jumped to AAA um, and was part of the famed Degeneration Mechs faction. <laughs> I've always hated that name. So bad. So bad. <laughs> I love the wrestlers. Oh man, love gotta love Triple A. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. But yeah, then he has his whole last career in like New Japan, and then comes back like a lifetime later. Um, and yeah, he's it's like he he never left. Like he was just right fucking there, and like he understands that crowd so well, understands the style. Like, and him and um Volador Junior just like mesh like perfectly from like a like a physical wrestling kind of sense. Cause like this, mm. you know, sometimes we have two dudes that are like really good and they just, for whatever reason, the chemistry doesn't work out, but these guys, like that chemistry was just fucking like banging the whole time. Mm. Yeah. I don't think they missed a single step. Like there were between their dives as well. Like how they, cause you, you know, when you watch sometimes there's like a crossover to, between um, either like new Japan guys or, uh, guys from like guys from America who come down who wrestle like a, at CMLL, and you just watch how they like uh, how they take their dives or how they move the move around the ring, and it's they're expecting it to be more of a uh, I suppose I don't know what they're expecting, but like a non lucha style. How they're just like, oh, your feet should be here, or you should be like more of an Americanized style kind of thing. Yeah, or like Japan, how they're like swinging way more punches than they need to be, or it's like way more hard hitting than it needs to be, whereas like. Rocky Romero, obviously, because he spent so much time there, uh, he just knows he knows how to move around the ring, and I feel like that can make or break matches when it comes to these like intercompany ones at the moment because uh, they're they're both expecting different kinds of wrestling, and even though they they are aware they've gone through um, uh, they've gone through the match, they they know what they want done. They know how to hit their things. They know how to go for offense. Um, they're not expecting the other person to be in certain spots. They're not expecting the person to like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quickly go to here after a roll. This is how I recover after a roll or a bump. You know, it could be faster or slower. There's always like timing differences. Yeah, and like the amount of but, space um, that you give a guy on certain stuff too. Yeah, but just seeing everything like the dives was so clean. Like you saw, you saw the amazing like so, um, uh, so. Romero hit his dive first, right? Um, he he takes out Volador, like, oh, to the outside. And so he hits the first dive to the outside, taking out Volador, uh, gets up, gives a bit of sass, all that kind of stuff. And then moments later, they work through a sequence where Volador hits a dive. 
and Rocky just takes it so well. He he takes it, he breaks it, and then he rolls to the outside of the barricade. Over the barricade. Like, he over the barricade. <laughs> to the feet of the dudes in the front row. <laughs> yeah, and he's just laying there. And then the other people were just like, whoa, just not expecting it. Um, but I feel like that, like, you know, when you see, like, weapons in matches, obviously it adds something else to the match, but sometimes it just doesn't need to be there. Mm. I feel mm. like just giving that to the audience, where you're going into the audience and you're connecting them to them just for that little bit, it makes it like cinema you can touch, like theatre you can feel. Like, it it lets people know that there's a, there's a difference between going to the movies and going to wrestling. And then, even, like... Well, you might end up then, with a motherfucker in your lap. Well, a motherfucker in your lap and then abuse spilled everywhere. But that's that, that's the fun that's of the it. magic. You know, like that's the magic of it and that's the artistry in it. Um but yeah, so you see these two differences, like two uh dim like suicide dives, like two exactly the same dives, but just how they take it in different ways. But it couldn't be that good without the prior knowledge of Lucha and uh, working with each other and seeing how wrestling works and like working in Mexico. And I guess it goes both ways too. Like, uh, Volador Jr. as a, a dude, you know, he's spent some time. I remember back in the day in like, um, TNA, he's mm. like done a bunch of like tours for new Japan before. So I guess it's sort of getting to that level where it's like, you know, that kind of, uh, universal language of wrestling where yeah. it's like, this guy knows a bit about, you know, Japan style and American style. Yeah. This guy like knows Mexican style. So then it all just comes together so beautifully and seamlessly. Yeah. And the whole right versus right arm versus left arm thing. And there was absolutely no miscommunication there whatsoever. It was all just perfect. So right. Like, especially so right. considering like Romero's offense is like, he's got a lot of offense in the arm. He's got some other stuff that goes to the head as well. Like he's got his, he's got his sliced bread as well as his like beach break. Mm. Um, and he's amazing. Like I love his little, um, uh, his like real, real, um, like rolling arm meteora thing. I really don't know the name of that. Um, where he, he jumps off the top and he's got him in like a knuckle lock, and then he kind of jumps up and rides their arm to the ground and gives it a double knees. Oh yeah, so good. Love that. I love how he, oh, and especially how he did it rolled out and then ended up directly in front of the camera and it just blows a little kiss to the camera <laughs> like such a cheeky little bastard i love it so great um, i mean um, he's i love a lot like you mentioned about like his offense like the amount of it and especially yeah. in this match because obviously the the submission on the arm is like a key part of it mm. um but the amount that like you watch through it that he is like working the arm like the thing you just said or like that first um like flying arm bar that mm. he that he catches mm. um but yeah it's sort of like it makes sense as a as a kind of escalation of working the body part too which a lot of people you know they make out like lucha libre is just a series of spots and random high spots and it has no like you know story or psychology they're so fucking wrong when mm. you watch a match like this well like i feel uh, when uh, yeah i feel like it's a really unfair statement to say they don't work a body part because you look at dives and this is how i've always looked at dives is you're putting so much on the line to take out so much of theirs by making an impact like a person getting underneath a dive, you're hurting so many different parts of them. Like if they take the dive, they're taking the weight on their, taking the weight on their legs, their back, their shoulders, their neck, all that kind of stuff. And then doing like the suicide dives where they come out through the ropes as like, as like a rocket. Um, 
and they hit the barricade afterwards, that could be damaging so many different things. Their back, then you know, they could be getting whiplash as they hit the barricade. Um, they could be taking it on their arm as they kind of try and turn and protect themselves. Um, so, like in my mind, a, a dive like that is working a body part. It's working the whole body uh, as one. But then from there, you can like pick apart bits. And then so Romero from there knows he can pick apart. You know, he's, he's hit his head on the way down. Uh, he's hit his back and his arm hitting the barricade. I'm going to pull apart um, the head and the arm because that's part of my offense. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think it's the it's the wits in wrestling going. You know, what can I attack? Have I made an opportunity for myself? You know, if you see like you know you know predators in the in the wild do the same thing. They see something limping. They're just like, why would I go for the the strong antelope when there's this one limping right in front of me? You know, they're they're playing the odds there. They're going right. I'm going to attack this injured part. That's just like that sneaky Rocky Romero. Just like that sneaky the the predator of CMLL. <laughs> I love the it. Of but yeah, and then I don't know. And then obviously, like Volador's going through his offense and his very like lucha based offense. And I still just can't believe how athletic Volador is, especially for someone as fucking jacked as he is oh man he's, he's, he's definitely he... on his on his share of gear i reckon oh yeah <laughs> i wasn't gonna say gear i was gonna say hard work i mean but, that's what yeah. i mean by gear i don't know what you're talking yeah. about anything yeah, yeah anything else no no definitely just hard work hard work <laughs> great great diet great diet um, but yeah he's um uh, just like his little like uh, part of the opening part of the match where they're doing a little running spot and then he goes for a springboard and then just does the snappiest little backflip. I swear he was going to land on his head. He's so good. Um, but no, snappiest little backflip. Um, yeah, I, I, they're just so good. Like such great chemistry. Um, some amazing moves in it. Both from Volador and from Romero. Those like um, barricade spots on the outside, one of my favorite things. And again, one of those things that really like, like you were saying, it sort of gets those fans to the next level, especially the ones that are like at ringside. Yeah. Like the really like, I remember there was another one where he like whipped him into the barricade and he took that great like hard, um, like took it real hard on the back and then basically like backflip bumped over the the barricade into the the front yeah. row as well. Yeah, I fucking love that so much. And then the really spilled the beers, really spilled the beers in this match. <laughs> and that's good for for everyone. That's that's good for alcohol sales. You know, you gotta gotta buy another another cup <laughs> after that. That's it. They're not getting free beers. There's no free beers in Arena Mexico. This is the magic when you own the venue. You're you're the one that's making the money off of those drink sales. So it's like, yeah, guys, fucking yeah. knock all of the all the cervezas <laughs> out of the hands as you possibly can. <laughs> and then the margaritas out of those fucking westerners, <laughs> out of those bloody tourists. So good. That superplex spot as well on the off the barricade was was rad. Oh my god, that. That was so, I just, I was watching it. I was just like, don't say it. Don't say something's going to go wrong. Don't say something's going to go wrong. And then like, they hit the superplex and it can't feel very right. <laughs> like that just seemed so painful. They both bounced, like mm-hmm. Volador taking it, just absolutely bounced. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I hope the floor's okay because that dude is huge. <laughs> um, yeah, and then. Um, oh, the same 
you know, big high spots as well, like the Spanish fly, Volador's Spanish fly towards the end of the match there. I know I'm not keeping a very good job of, like, oh, keeping it No, 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 we're, we're not necessarily here to do a, a play-by-play, just sort of all the stuff that we, we thought was rad and, and worth talking about, really. Yeah. So, yeah, perfect. No, but then, you know, the high spots, and then that leads us to the, you know, all the high spots in the matches, going to the top, and a high-risk, high-reward can probably bring us back to this amazing piece of yours. Hmm. You know, big... The big move at the end, big high spot, big risk. Um, Rocky Romero's flying armbar off the top rope. This is a fucking beautiful move. It's hey, amazing! Uh, just the way they hit it. Um, I mean, you would you would know more than most because you also have a, a bit of a submission grappling background. So I mean, from from that perspective, how's how's Rocky's work on those? Because uh, he had two, right? The flying armbar from like. From standing and then the the one that ended up yeah. being the, the big big finish, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but like everyone loves an armbar. It's one of the most recognisable things. That and like a chokehold are one of the most recognisable things for the crowd to just get on board because everyone knows what it feels like to have their like arm hyperflexed or whatever. Like it's not hard to kind of signal to the audience that this is a painful move. This hurts. And one of the things I love about wrestling done well is when they do a move on the mat, um, like a, well, even though he like jumped into it the first time, go for an armbar, you're signaling there that this is going to be a big part of the match. Mm. Like the way they sell it, the way they build up to it, uh, it's going to be a big part of the match. The audience can clearly see armbar. They know that hurts from watching from any kind of MMA, from any kind of submission grappling. Just from you flick on wrestling and you might even see an armbar somewhere in the show, no matter what company you watch with. An armbar is like a timeless, uh, a timeless hold. For sure. So then you see Rocky do it and then do it from the top. Doing well, this before amazing... that one, I wanted to make mention as well of the, the first one that he did, right? And then yeah. um, Volador Jr. like is, is in it and then he does the right thing. He does the old the old hitchhiker, yeah. you know, follows the, the pressure yeah. and then ends up um, lifting Rocky up for this sick, was it like a, a power bomb, like a Liger bomb kind of thing? Yeah. With like a single arm, might I add. Like he lifts him <laughs> off the ground with just his, I was just like, surely he's going to get his other arm under there and lift him. But no, he like powers him off the ground. Big strong boy. Initially with just the one arm. Yeah, that died. <laughs> um, <laughs> just uh, lifting him off the ground with that one arm. First. And when that's happening then, as well, I want to make mention oh, my favorite part of it is like Rocky's like facial expression of his like, oh, no, 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 no. Like there's that over the top, like, oh, fuck. No, no, no. Like so good. I love how they make that as if they're stuck on like this crazy roller coaster ride <laughs> as if they couldn't just let go. They're just like, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm as locked into this as you are, brother. Like we're going for this ride. It's happening. It's, we're going to Splash Mountain, baby. There's no going backwards at that point. <laughs> no, there's no fucking brakes on this freak train. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, just like strong arms him up and then just like this amazing power. I, yeah, I think it was a power bomb. Yeah, sick near fall. But yeah, big near fall was, yeah, Rocky's, again, Rocky's facial expressions and how he like, how he gets the audience involved in it, which I think is one of the most important parts in wrestling. It, it's what sells wrestling. It's as a, as a entertainment factor to me, you need to be able to 
entertain people. That's all they want at the end of the day. Most important thing. It's all people pay tickets for. It's like it's it doesn't have to be be all and end all. You know, you could you can take your kids to the park to ride a bike. You can you can you can go out for a nice hike. You can go see a movie. You can go watch wrestling. It's whatever entertains you. And then people, you know, people get caught up in all the questions around wrestling. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't entertain you, fine. But when you let it entertain you, you find things like this where you get just so sucked into it. And then especially things like CML, especially this match. Yeah, I think that's the biggest compliment of this match as well. Like that you get drawn it, could draw anyone in, you know, regardless of whether you're like a hardcore like wrestling fan or whether you're just yeah. like a drunken gringo simping some fucking margaritas. Like you'll equally get us into this match regardless. Yeah. And I think that's like the biggest compliment you could possibly pay this really it's gonna like draw in anyone yeah because of like what a great job they did yeah exactly like they've i feel like they've just done such a good job for pro wrestling in this match they've they've given me everything i wanted out of both a lucha match and from just wrestlers in general just some amazing time work some amazing like chemistry in them um moves that are all over the place but so connected like so much different offense but they're connecting it all together telling a story as it should be like nothing's gone to waste um and then yeah finishing off with this amazing um amazing top rope flying armbar um like almost spanish fly-esque into an armbar and they did it so well it's like as soon as he like hits it like they you know they land and then he's like right into it it's like it's not that he's bullshit it off. yeah it's like straight yeah. up like he's the referee's yeah. like worried he's like getting in there it looks like he's basically given up like sort of immediately but he doesn't look like a, a bitch for doing so like no it just, was just um, so perfect exactly like i've submission is submission wrestling is can be so awkward and clunky at times it's on the person who's taking it to recognize shit i've really got to you know this is the big one uh it's coming on fast don't be afraid to just tap out it it makes everyone look good mm. it makes absolutely everyone look good it makes the offense look amazing uh you don't look like a little bitch for tapping out quickly and shout out to the rad referee too i think his name's um Getting edgar edgar noriega but he's this like massive Bane looking motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and like he's he's getting in there straight away and he's it's his selling of it that like almost as much as as Rocky and, and Volador Juniors that like makes it come off so well. Well he gets straight over the top and then as soon as as soon as um Volador's tapping, he's waving his arms going, matches over, matches over. And instead of just doing that and going like, oh, yeah, okay, he gets in there further and then tries to, like, rip Rocky away. And he's like, the match is over, the match is over. Brings, like, a real, like, mixed martial arts, almost that UFC kind of vibe to it, I think makes it, brings it that next yeah, level. Yeah, but Noriega does such a, because he's, he's the referee for, like, every single match on the card. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's either him or some, like, ancient motherfucker that looks like he's in his 70s, which I like both. Yeah, I like both, but every, every single match. So, again, I was, like, watching everything, and the way he, like, he, uh, you know how usually you see referees just kind of wait there until the person walks into the center, and then they grab their arm and they lift it. He actually goes up to, like you would see in MMA, like you would see in boxing, he goes and grabs the victor's arm, pulls him into the center, and then raises a hand. Like as he should, as a referee, as a as a combat referee, 
you you go in there, you grab the victor's arm and you raise it. Like no matter what, no matter how, you know, how they've gone about getting the victory, you raise the person's hand. Yeah. Um, so great. And he does such a good job of it. Like, you know, all throughout the – but you you watch because usually, like, the referee, for some reason, becomes invisible. Unless you're watching for him, he becomes absolutely invisible. But then in, at points in the match when you are, like, when you do see him – they're doing running spots or they're doing dives. You see how fast he moves out of the way or you see how fast he makes himself scarce. But then when you need him, he's right there and he's giving you that like big fight feel as he really gets into it, you know, with his pinfalls. So great. Lucha Libre referees, like these dudes that have been doing it for so long, it's mm. like you just see an art even, like we're talking about the art of like the, the Rudos making the Technicos look good. It's yeah. like even the referees are so good that they're making both mm. guys look good. Mm. Yeah, they they do such a good job. So very end of the match, the big flying arm bar, the referee getting in on it all, and it's all captured here in your piece that you've done here. There was a, a bit of a thing where I was like a little bit unsure of which moment I was going to pick to be the the one that I made in you know, a representational of the, the match for the illustration. So there's a few moments throughout where I was like thinking about it, but like as soon as it got to that finish, like that was such a sick visual and especially like I want to bring like attention to I how much I love that like overhead camera like that really distinctive mm. CMLL looking down on the ring overhead camera that I, I love so much yeah yeah all these things I was like yep that is that is the one um and yeah I don't know I hope I did it justice yeah it's done a beautiful job of beautiful job of capturing it there's so many you know there's in, especially in Lucha Libre, there's so many different colours and all that kind of stuff. They've got the gold and black there for Rocky Romero. It's amazing what I can only describe as like Versace tights. <laughs> How good were um, they? <laughs> so They're like a I lion on the ass as well. And it's like eye patch that matched as well. Oh, that dude knows like, fashion. He's amazing gilded. Yeah, he does, honestly. I wish he'd go, I wish he'd wrestle in the eye patch again. <laughs> but yeah. But his, um, yeah, and then Volador as well. Like, as much as I've kind of, you know, really put over Rocky with this match because I absolutely love him. Uh, not that he needed my help. Um, but, you know, as much as I've gone on about how amazing he's made this match, Volador as well, as being in, like, the chemistry that he's brought to it, uh, everything he's done for it, he took such an absolute beating. And just what a freak he is for, like, yeah, his everything so perfect like so quick so snappy um but also like it's not like he's just a spot spotty you know high spots guy like he also connects it with those little things of the the subtleties in the way that he was you know selling these like rockies like asshole heel moments yeah when he's like looking out to the crowd for the sympathy kind of thing with that mystico kind of selling like yeah he's he's really good sometimes i would get a little bit like over volador jr can be a little bit same samesies sometimes but in this match i was like this dude is fucking the man yeah absolutely but yeah i think that was an excellent summary of the match if uh, any of you out there haven't already seen it make sure to uh watch it on on um youtube uh cmll's youtube page um they this is actually from the time when they posted all their shit for free on youtube on a a couple week delay for now with their current stuff they've got more of a subscription kind of deal going so if you want to watch this one you can watch it for free get a little taster there Mm. um but i assume if you've heard us talk this long you've probably already watched it but it was just tremendous and i've heard talk 
at least from um, a shout-out to Cubs fan uh, over at Lucha Blog. He was what I originally read about how great this match was. Uh, talk of it being the Lucha Libre match of the year right now. So, I mean, I'll, I'll continue watching, but at the moment, yeah. Fuck yeah. That was wonderful. So great. All right, man. I know uh I know you gotta to get to work, my dude. You wanna uh you wanna plug anything? Uh probably just Chris things, mate. Honestly. Like Aww. you know, you do such a good job. You do such a good job Isn't of that sweet. Us up to date. Yeah, there you go, fucking have some of that. Get that up, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, you do such a good job. Thanks, my um, dude. I know that you've gone you know, if if other people don't know, if you haven't let them know now, um, you know, you've You've gone full time into your artistry at the moment, mm-hmm. and I can only commend how uh, brave that is that you're doing something that you absolutely love. And I, I don't respect anything more than just you living life the way you want to live it. That's with your art, with your wrestling, uh, coffees, beers, weed as well. <laughs> Get a little shout out there. Um, you know, and and I've always I've always been a big fan of your art, and then now that you've fa- that now that you've gone into um, making it making it your living, like I'm very proud of you, mate. I'm so proud of you. So yeah, that's that one plug. Oh, thanks, dude. I really um I really do appreciate that. I uh I you've always been one of my biggest supporters, and I really appreciate it. I love you, dude. Damn right. Damn right. Now give me some money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'll, I'll give you your fee. <laughs> Thanks, man. Putting me over so much. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, All right, appreciate it. You take care, dude. All right, love you. Um, I yeah, love you Chris too. Things. It was well, brother. All right, bye. Thanks, dude. Cheers, bye. All right, wasn't that lovely? Just beautiful. And, and instead of plugging his own shit, he just plugs me. Just, just such a sweetheart. This is this is why David is my best friend. Uh, but that was that was our uh, match of the week chat. Um, as David mentioned, check out uh, my shit at uh, Chris Things on the Instagram and on the Twitter. You can also check out ChrisThings.com.au where this match and many others are available in fancy art print form as well as some originals and all sorts of shit. Check it out. Um, also, want a big thank you to uh, Social Suplex. Uh, check out SocialSuplex.com. A bunch of other rad podcasts such as One Nation Radio. Radio, uh, keeping it strong style, their their New Japan podcast, uh, and even uh, all elite wrestling podcast, a bunch of great stuff. But thanks to the dudes at Social Suplex, thank you again to you, the listener, for bringing me into uh, me and David uh, into your your ear holes. Uh, listen to us just ramble on about a bunch of nonsense as as well as some wrestling. But I I certainly appreciate it. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. I'll, uh, I'll see you next week. Uh, and a little note ski for the uh, art curator special episode, the wrestling art curator episode. Uh, it's maybe been delayed a little bit while I'm chasing up our guest this week, but I'll, uh, I'll have something for you on that next week. All right. Well, thanks again, guys. And I'll catch you later. Bye. Yeah, do it.